This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever and however you are listening, and welcome back to The Gospel for Life. Pastor Russ is enjoying some time away. I believe he's in Iowa visiting family and just uh, enjoying preparation for and the Iowa year. And Iowa is not Idaho. Iowa is not – well, if you're planning to move here, it absolutely is um, <laughs> on the map. You should drive there. Uh, <laughs> in the studio with me today is Ryan and Jonathan. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, I got an awesome email last week from our producer with some of our statistics from yes. the previous year. So, listener, we want to begin by just saying thank you. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in or downloading our podcast. Here's one that, that really just knocked me back. We are in 27 different countries. Yeah. That's great. We have folks following and downloading. Um, so if you do the math, that means that we actually have more than 10 listeners. We do have more than 10 <laughs> yeah, listeners. If there's at like least 27. 27. Unless someone is just like jumping around. That's like, right. Maybe you know. we got a jet setter. Well, thank uh, you so much. Yeah. but uh, uh, So outside of the United States, the most listened to is uh, Australia, followed by Canada, a eh? Philipp, uh, the Philippines, and then even all the way across the pond into France. Mm-hmm. Um, we are; uh, Those are kind of our top countries. So uh, if you guys are listening, we want to say thank you. If you're downloading, we want to say thank you. We really appreciate that you would dedicate time. And hopefully, man, Christ is being glorified and the uh, gospel is being made known in and through your life through this program. We're, we're humble and grateful to be a part of it. We're going to continue um, after our Christology Christmas in looking at some of the early interactions with folks in the New Testament as they interact with Christ the child. Uh, yesterday we looked at Simeon, and we're going to stay in Luke chapter 2. We'll pick up at verse 36, and we're going to look at uh, Anna. Ryan, you got yep. that for us? Yeah, the setting is the same as uh, yesterday. Mary Joseph have brought Jesus to the temple, and uh, Samuel has just given his words. And then we read in verse 36, did I say Samuel? Simeon. Sorry. Uh, Then we read in verse 36. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem? Wait, let's let's get maybe get the awkward part out of the out of the out of the way. The, the first part. Uh, what do we understand by the title of of prophetess attributed to Anna? Well, I think the context here kind of explains a little bit of what Luke is meaning by it. She was a very faithful, devout woman. Uh, she spent says here she gives the impression that she did not depart from the temple, whether that was literally or that she actually lived there or just that she spent a lot of her time there. She was a devout woman of prayer and fasting. But we also need to remember that a prophet wasn't just those who were bringing new revelation uh, from God, as we have the big prophets in the Old Testament, but the office of prophet uh, 
its primary purpose was to speak to the people concerning the word of God. We have here that she's she's caught up in the spirit, similar to how Simeon was, and begins praising God and speaking of Jesus, this infant, to all around her. So she's, in a sense, she's proclaiming the gospel. And whenever we have the opportunity to share the gospel, there is a little bit of we're, we're fulfilling that role of a prophet, uh, quote unquote, in proclaiming God's word. And ultimately what she's doing here is she's confessing Jesus as the Redeemer of Israel. She's connecting the dots of Old Testament prophecy, understanding that there's one that's coming to redeem his people, and she's been given the grace to understand that this is the one that's in front of her. And this is what, same thing with with Simeon. Holy Spirit has revealed this to her. She's communicating that beyond herself to to others as well. That makes her a prophetess in the sense that she's she's faithfully sharing what God has revealed in his word. Yeah, I think she dem- she's demonstrating just kind of an ordinary function that's a part of even the church's life. We can read of the, uh, the four daughters in Acts 21 who as young maidens were given the gift of pro- uh, and, and function as prophetesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we just mean that they were faithfully testifying to the word of God as delivered unto them. Uh, in Ephesians 4, 11, we're, we're told that Jesus has given the, uh, the apostles and the prophets to the church as a gift. And so there are those who simply function with a, a heart for declaring what God has declared to them through the word to the church as a, as a gift and a blessing. As she functions in that, I think she demonstrates the, the two appropriate responses to the revelation of Christ there in, in verse 38. It says, At coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. So as we look at those responses, uh, gratitude and mission. How can we carry those forth? Or how, how do we demonstrate those forth as we uh, have Christ revealed to us? Well, I think one of the things that we overlook is is this attitude of being thankful. It's it's one of the things that we, as we read uh, throughout the scriptures, whether it's the people of God grumbling in the wilderness or various other times of turning away from him, there is at its root an unthankfulness uh, to God and who he is. Um, Paul talks about thankfulness being kind of a, a salve and a um, medicine of against grumbling and complaining and when you think about thankfulness to God, it really should cover all all aspects of our life. You know, when when we, I think we've all had the experience if we're out in public, especially see the the Christmas season having just ended. You know, maybe we're going shopping or something like that, and um, we hope hold the door open for someone, and and they, from time to time, we've experienced them just kind of walking through, hardly even acknowledging, and we in our heart, I think rightly, kind of feel a little like. Well, you're welcome, you know, and um, there's that ungrat that lack of gratitude that uh, we find just kind of jarring. And when you consider, I mean, that's just something simple of holding a door open for someone. But when you consider God, uh, whether or not we are redeemed by Him, He's created us, He's given us life, and a thankfulness to God for what He has done is really at the heart of of what we're called to be as those who follow Him. We're to be thankful for all that He does for us. You know, it's interesting in Simeon and Anna, we have we have the testimony of two witnesses. It, it 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 compounds, you know, just the one witness. You know, in fact, in the court of that day, you would have to have two witnesses that agreed with. And here you have 
a, a, a godly man, a godly woman, uh, you know, both sharing this same information, confirming that same information. So you have this, you have in one sense the representation of all humanity right there, mm-hmm. of, of sharing uh, and remembering who it is. And so they're also uh, in contrast to an unfaithful Israel because we we know that uh, you know, when, when uh, you know, his birth was announced uh, later, you know, in Jerusalem, you with Herod uh, being upset, and all of Jerusalem was upset with him. You know, there is a certain rejection of they. They were more attuned to the uh, political world than they were to the spiritual world. And here are two individuals that are attuned to what is happening in God's, you know, in God's redemptive plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so they're. They're a contrast to unfaithful Israel, and they show us how true people of God receive Jesus. And they receive him as the, as the Christ, and they praise him for preserving uh, a people for himself. Yeah, and I think, she, to your point, John, that she demonstrates the, the posture that we should be living with as Christians even now while we await the coming of our Messiah, right? The second advent yeah. of Christ. Which was part of our whole Advent season. If you if you were part of a church that was had weeks leading up to Christmas, in which your attention was driven toward the incarnation, you had to keep in mind that there was a second coming of Christ that's been promised in His Word, and to live in that same hope. We're told that the people that have that hope purify themselves. You know, we we look forward to seeing Him face to face, and we're and so. Uh, we are making ourselves ready like a bride to receive our, our groom, our, uh, our king. I think one way we could maybe tweak this verse to kind of apply to our lives now here in this age would be to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who are waiting for the consummation of the ages. Hmm. I mean, there's we're still in waiting this second advent and uh, waiting for Christ to return. And our the work that God has given us to do is to proclaim that good news of the gospel uh, to those who need to hear it and are hungering after it. Luke includes some pretty interesting details about about Anna. We're, we're told that she she's uh, an older woman, uh, that she lived with her husband for seven years before he passed, and then was a widow until she was 80 feet, uh, 84 years old. So, I mean, we're deca- decades uh, mm-hmm. of, of singleness. Any, you know, we don't even know if she was a, a widow for eighty four years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, she could have been. She she was very late in life, and she's waiting to see this day. Her her life is, revolves around that that realization of who Jesus is. Yeah, I think there, there there's value in understanding that there's there's never a time when God can't use us. There's never a season of re- retirement for Christians. Yeah. Right. Right. There, there there's value um, in a faithful. Uh, ministry to Christ and to His Church spread out over over decades. Some of my favorite saints at at, at the church are those older saints who have seen way more Christmases than I, mm-hmm. but continue to show up, continue to be present, continue to be faithful and minister. I used uh, an illustration back in my old church in Seattle. You know, the, the the manse had a fireplace that uh, I was trying my first year there. I was trying to get a fire going, and I wasn't doing too well. And I was struggling. And I was getting frustrated, but I did have some, there were some old coals in there. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I put those old coals, mixed them in with, you know, as I was starting it. And sure enough, those old coals really like caught, caught fire uh, much quicker. They started heating up and then the newer wood heated up and 
pretty soon I had a nice fire. And uh, so that I like to, I, I'm thankful for that little situation, despite its frustration at the moment, but it's, it's something of a model that I've used in, in our churches. You know, we, we, we need uh, those, those old coals uh, that uh, are, are still aflame and whose embers can kind of carry on and ignite uh, those new pieces of wood that and then turn out turn into old coals themselves and uh, it's that's what churches need so if you are advanced in years and you think oh what can I offer to the church your faithfulness is needed and uh, your witness is uh, very impactful uh, in the in the congregation that you're in yeah, her her days. You know, in her day, there was uh, plenty of reasons for her to avoid going to the temple too. You know, mm-hmm. um, but the fact that she was fasting and praying and worshiping it speaks to her recognition of what the world needed, what mm-hmm. her world needed. Uh, there, she was there uh, to serve the Lord uh, rather than um, be bothered by the distractions of of the world. Yeah. And so uh, she makes a she makes a very positive um, image, you know, against the sinful activities that hinder most activity uh, in our lives. Yep. So we think about Anna. She's faithful. She is grateful, and she is on mission. And that would be our prayer for you, dear listener, that you too would be those three things uh, in the, these days after Christmas. Uh, if you want to offer some uh, suggestions for episodes or series in the coming new year we'd love to hear from you you can send us an email at the gospel for life the gospel for life idaho at gmail.com as always thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow